From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 819, How Azure Arc Facilitates Digital Transformation with guest Aaron Chappell. Recorded Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Run As Radio is produced each week by Sound Thoughts LLC. For more information, visit soundthoughtsllc.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Hey, this is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio. My guest today is Aaron Chappell, who is the Corporate Vice President for Azure Core Product and Azure Design Delivering Infrastructure Offerings. The power of the world's workloads, spanning from general purpose to workload optimized to software as a service, the combination of compute, storage, network, and management services delivering customer choice and flexibility in the current and future application hosting needs. Uh, Aaron, you've done great work at Microsoft for quite a while. The resume is awesome. You came from Small Business Server, which was one of my favorite. I mean, I've been doing Run as long enough that I did a whole series on SBS because I there was used to be a group of folks who made a living. Yes. You know, just taking care of people's SBS. Those were beautiful days, but they're different now. They are, but you know, we still have a group of SBS old timers on Facebook. So Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was a it was a great product. It's just uh, you know, I'm finally retiring my own exchange server. Like it yeah. is hard to justify running infrastructure these days the with the way the cloud is. And this past couple of years, the madness is the pandemic. You know, certainly this show reflected it where we did an extra show a week just on pandemic topics in 2020 because we needed to do so much as IT folks. Like it was unbelievable how fast we moved. Was that Satch's line? Two years of, of uh, digital transformation in two months? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it definitely, you know, we we see that and in the customers I talk to, it's just top of mind. But mm-hmm. it, it's interesting you even harken back to the SBS days because, you know, I, I feel so fortunate to have started off, off my career right in that space um, because I learned, you know, a lot. I learned a lot about uh, maybe two things. Right. One, it's about how do we integrate yeah. our technology? in a way that really, from an end-to-end solution point of view, delivers, right, what the customer needs. And, and in that case, you know, it's it's not just the end customer, the small business that's mm-hmm. running, um, right, the the server, but it was the IT pro community. Yeah, the, the IT's, the, it is a specialty even in a smaller business, and you have to have that sense of responsibility of how you're taking care of the bits and pieces of it. Because it's a lot of moving parts. It always has been. Yeah. And then and then the second piece I, I probably learned that is, you know, still I think true to today is that as much as we love to talk about infrastructure, you know, infrastructure is best in many ways when it's invisible. No, oh, no. That that's the the nature of an IT pro's job is if you do your job perfectly, you only get a C because nobody can tell. It's easy to get an F, just turn a server off. But yeah. you can never get an A because you're never top of mind. We're part of what makes everything work. And when it works, you need to pay no attention to it at all. It's like air in a room. As long as it's there, it's great. When it's not there, it's really not great. But it's never compelling. And so I, I love kind of taking those lessons and pulling them forward right into the era that we're in today where, 
you know, there's just such a transformation happening, mm-hmm. both in business as well as how we think about the underlying infrastructure that that powers that in this move, right, to more of a cloud model or cloud architecture or cloud practices right. um, and being able to leverage that wherever you are. The feedback I got from the listeners was, you know, cloud was on the list, but it wasn't at the top of the list until like March of 2020. <laughs> and then suddenly it jumped and uh, and people did a lot very quickly. But now, I mean, it's two years later. This show is coming out March 2022. So uh, what are you seeing? What's different? So, you know, I think in the early days, right, of, of the, the pandemic, we heard a lot about cloud, right? And for many of uh, kind of the, the reasons you alluded to, which is it was about agility, mm-hmm. right? It was about being able to respond quickly. It was about being able to pivot, right? In right. terms of just the changing world conditions. And, and in many ways, that's the promise of the cloud, mm-hmm. right? Scalability, flexibility, agility, the ability to really, um, you know, on demand uh, move in, in the direction that the business needs. But I think what has happened kind of over the last, you know, couple of years is that it's become less of a conversation about cloud and more of a conversation about the business transformation and how digital transformation is really addressing a set of the challenges, right? Mm -hmm. It's a more competitive environment. It's a more cost-conscious environment. It's uh, an environment where change is more prevalent. right? And so having that agility is important. And so, you know, Customers are not only just thinking about the cloud as a destination, but also that model. Right. So that sort of architecture. Exactly. Exactly. Microservices, flexibility, Mm -hmm. agility. And how do I think about, you know, from cloud to edge, how that powers, right? What I need to do in my environment and how can I leverage that? I I do think there's been folks who've pushed back. It's like, it's not all cloud all the time. And I think that's absolutely apparent. It's just workloads. Where do you want to run them? Yeah. And and I think we see three predominant customer scenarios, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You have uh, the customer that is uh, primarily Mm on-premises, but is looking to to take advantage of some of the benefits of the cloud. Okay. Right? Whether or not that be always up to date or the agility or move to kind of more containerization and more of a DevOps, uh, you know. That sort of rapid iteration ability. I, I also see lots of folks looking at their backup data centers and saying, hey, that light, that contract's coming up. Can't I just yep. do DR in the cloud by the month rather than commit exactly. to another five-year tr- contract? Exactly. And so you've got this customer that is sort of more in the on-premises world that's looking to figure out how can I bring some of those those cloud practices on-premises and how can I start to learn and start to skill mm-hmm. in some sense because eventually I will move, you know, some aspect yeah. um, to the cloud. Um, and so, like, that's one scenario, right? And, you know, a, a, um, a great example of that is uh, uh, Ferguson. Ferguson, you know, um, is one of the largest plumbing right. uh, suppliers across uh, across the U.S. and um, they, you know, they are looking at, at taking Arc-enabled data services 
and leveraging them on premises and ARC enabling their servers in order to be able to leverage the benefits of uh, the cloud, but do that in an environment, right, that that they are familiar with and start to make that journey in some sense um, towards the cloud. So that's that's one customer scenario. And so there, I, I mean, I'll grab a link to the case study around Ferguson, but this to me is fascinating too. Did they come at Arc as an on-premise management tool first and then look to cloud? Like that to me would be delightful because it's obvious that that's capable of doing that. But most people think of Arc as cloud and cloud to cloud kind of thing rather than really think about the on-prem side. Well, and, and I think that there's value, right, mm -hmm. in being able to have a centralized way and to be able to take some of the cloud practices around policy and governance and security and leverage that, right? Well, and that unified view, too, right? We The, the greatest battle of all for any large-scale environment these days is, do I actually have oversight of all of my workloads? So, yes. But, yeah, yes. I, the... The idea that you would add cloud as the monitoring to on-prem data centers or your own data centers, I, I think that's wonderful. And it's just a different way to think about the problem. And it, and it shows, right, where we've come, I think, in terms of just, um, you know, the comfort level mm -hmm. in many ways with the cloud. Because, you know, I, it was interesting, little little uh, known fact, I, I ran Windows Server for a long period of time. Wow, And okay. we actually... We actually started the server management tools as an Azure service many, many years ago. But like five, seven years ago when that started, there was pushback, right? right to being able to manage on-premises yeah. from the cloud. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we moved it, right, to a, a, a sort of a local application. Um, but you're seeing that, right, come full circle, you know, both with integration of the server management tools into mm -hmm. um, into the Azure portal, but also, right, with this, this more uh, openness around being able to manage my on-premises resources from the cloud, particularly if it adds value, right? right. And I think the uh, governance, policy, security, those are, you know, key at top of mind uh, for customers today um, and the ease of access. They are, you know, and it's a great list of things. It's also a talking point for most folks that are just getting into the cloud about what is the security? What is the governance angles? So the idea that you would use Arc as the entry point because you're going to apply those things first and understand yes. where you are right now before you move anything. Yes. That's really interesting. And then set that up in a consistent way. Mm -hmm. Right? You set it up in a consistent way so that if I then move, right, that resource to the cloud at some point in time, I, it's all familiar to me. Yeah, the monitoring is um, not going to change. It's going to look the same. It's just another exactly. workload in another location. Now, and that's very much exactly. that cloud as architecture mindset. Where do you want the workload? And you, but ARC's providing that oversight to that architecture. In contrast, right, my, sort of my second scenario is the other side, which I think you, you had alluded to, which was maybe more top of mind. I start in the in the cloud mm -hmm. and I want to bring, right, and leverage, um, you know, resources on premises. And, you know, Nokia is a great example of mm -hmm. that. They developed their analytics virtualization and automation system, which was really about being able to leverage, um, you know, data from their network capacity and, and really um, be able to provide carriers, right, with insight into how uh, to operate. Um, and that started in the cloud. Right. But then as they as they started to talk to customers, those customers um, wanted for regulatory reasons, for you know privacy reasons to to run that on premises or to run it in a cloud other than Azure. 
And right. so that was the move in the other direction, right? I, I start in the cloud and then I use, um, you know, this this sort of hybrid and multi-cloud as a way to, to meet the specific customer requirements. Are you finding a lot of demand for multi-cloud per se? Or, you know, is that is that a thing for, for a lot of folks? I mean, I hear talked about, I just don't know if there's a lot of customers who, who want it or, or, or really use it. I, you know, I think that it is becoming more and more part of the default conversation, Interesting. right? And, and, um, you know, there are it really at the end of the day for me is about flexibility and choice, mm-hmm. right? We see customers who, you know, large enterprises, um, that have different departments and those right. different departments might have different needs and they're going to, or there might be a, a, you know, there's a portfolio of workloads yeah. that you're running in the cloud and different workloads have different capabilities. I, I can certainly imagine in March of 2020, when the rush was on two different departments go two different directions, you know, and in 2022, you look over and goes, wow, you set up a lot of Azure and Hey, you set up a lot of AWS and it's not like you have to have a fight to the death. Because they both work, you could manage them together. And so I, I think it's less about, you know, when people hear the term multi-cloud, they say, well, I'm going to run the same thing in two locations, in multiple clouds. Right, right. For a resiliency or what? Like that, that, you know, I don't think that that is the it's, it's, one I wouldn't recommend that yeah, or it's, it's not. It seems kind of like what a fairy hearing. tale. Like it's very yeah. unlikely that that is necessary. And also lowest common denominator is rarely a good solution. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, any of the cloud providers that are out there have a great resiliency sure. story right within um, within within a single cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really do think it's about this in many ways, uh, you know, best of breed or, you know, that what what, you know, you're leveraging the skill set. Yeah. What do your folks know how to do? What are they great at? Does the workload work well there? Do it there. But yeah, I, I'm suspicious of this ultimate portable workload that I'm going to shave off all the edges. It's like writing stuff in SQL 89, just because you know it'll run everywhere, except that you're losing out on most of the benefits of the database in the process. And, and I do think for some, you know, for some workloads, if you think about that, you know, upfront, mm-hmm. you, you, you can design it in that way. But to your point, you're sort of, you are designing to least common denominator mm-hmm. as opposed to really, you know, embracing uh, the cloud for what I think it is most valuable, which is sort of on-demand flexibility, scalability, agility, speed, all of those pieces. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that, and that, you know, why would you sacrifice those best parts? You know, just shifting VMs into the cloud really doesn't give you the benefit of cloud. So then maybe to close out, I just wanted to do my third uh, kind of key customer uh, use case scenario that For we sure. that we see today, which is, um, and I, I think this is the one that will be maybe most prevalent as we go forward. And that is that when you think about the digital transformation of a business, it just requires right? Technology mm-hmm. to be running from cloud to edge. Right. So if you think about Siemens uh, Healthineers, right, they are uh, delivered digital services, you know, through a, a digital health platform. And, you know, they have both devices like scanners and, and CTs and whatnot that are on site mm-hmm. um, that need to remain on site, right? And that produce a large amount of data that you might not want to round trip to the cloud. And so you want to do management of those devices and and access and leverage that information locally. 
Um, but you also have sort of the cloud service running in terms of, you know, your overall platform. And so here's a great example of, of an application that really spans from a cloud component to an on-premises component to what's happening on the device. Sure. And, um, and in and a, so a sensitive industry too, right? In a carefully exactly. regulated, information-protected industry, um, but also like the data sets out of MRI are massive. You do not want to be shifting those things around. That is a real strong edge case. Uh, meant exactly. both ways. <laughs> exactly. And so I think that's where you're seeing, right, that this this concept of hybrid and, and multi-cloud is really moving from being, um, you know, uh, 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 to your point, right, you know, multiple departments started in multiple different clouds, or I have a set of things on premises, it's, it's moved from being something that I just kind of have to live with, mm-hmm. um, to something that is strategic as I think about the investments I'm going to make um, and how I want to be able to move my business forward uh, as quickly as I can. Yeah. And it's interesting how ARC plays a role in all of those, those different scenarios. And Aaron, I'm going to interrupt for one moment with this very important message. This episode of Run As is brought to you by the SQL Server and Azure SQL Conference at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas, April 5th to 7th. You've heard the SQL Q&A shows we publish on RunAs twice a year from the conference. That is a microcosm of the five days of fantastic learning available to you from the real-world consultants and members of the SQL Server team that speak at the show. Learn proven problem-solving techniques and technologies you can implement immediately, as well as the insight into the future of SQL Server. Get answers to performance monitoring, troubleshooting, designing for scale and performance, working in the cloud, and exploring all the new features of the latest version of SQL Server. And if you still have questions by the end of the week, join the conference's closing session and be part of a SQL Q&A show on Run As Radio. The SQL Server and Azure SQL Conference is at the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada, April 5th to 7th. And go to mssqlconf.com to register today. And you can use the code RUNAS to get a discount on your registration. That's at mssqlconf.com. And I'll see you there. And we're back. It's Run As Radio. I'm Richard Campbell. It's Aaron Chappell, CVP at Microsoft, talking a bit about this cloud transformation. And uh, we got to talk about the survey. So how did this cloud survey come about? Where did it come from? Um, so I think, you know, as we've been talking about over the last two years, we've just been observing, mm-hmm. right? I think a, a shift in how people are thinking about the strategic nature of, of hybrid and multi-cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really wanted to have sort of more of an independent uh, look at, you know, what is happening in the market. And so that was uh, sort of the the impetus behind, um, you know, doing uh, the survey. Okay. Um, and, and I think, yeah, what was interesting about it is that it, it really validated a lot of the things that we are seeing in conversation um, with customers. Uh, in in our uh, just over the last two years, what has been transpiring um, around this set of technologies? And I'll include a link to, in the show notes for folks who want to see this. Uh, as you said, as it says right on, it's like here's the data, you know, without interpretation, just read it. There's some numbers here that stun me. Um, I mean, the amount of multi cloud that in the surveyors said like huge numbers. But I and again, I wonder it's not because they want to run the same workload in two locations, but that they just adopted multiple clouds in their digital transformation. But also that hybrid is is exactly what we thought it would be, inevitable and everywhere. Yeah, and I mean that's that has been, 
you know, hybrid has been part of um, the design yeah. of Azure from the beginning. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, we're just seeing in the last several years, just as we saw the cloud acceleration, this acceleration. Mm -hmm. Right in hybrid and how customers are really adapting, which is really not driven by the technology per se. It's driven by that you know business transformation. I think one of the most interesting uh, kind of data points that came out of the survey for me was that um, uh, that customers who were using hybrid and multi cloud um, were more likely to report an increase in revenue. Over the past oh, wow. 12 months. Okay. Yeah. So 83% of those who operated in both hybrid cloud and multi-cloud environments reported revenue growth compared to just 58% that don't. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that that the meaning I make out of that is that these technologies are helping to fuel that digital right. transformation, that helping to fuel the business being better at what they are doing. Yeah. The, in that just in this past two years of disruption that they utilized these options to find new revenue streams or to improve the ones they had. I mean, we, we, you, as with any good survey, it leads to more questions. You'd want to drill further into that, but it does sort of say this indicator of, Hey, if you, if you're innovating this way, you've probably found your way to additional revenue. Yeah, and I, I, I definitely don't feel like if you are just using hybrid and multi-cloud, that it's going to increase your revenue, yeah. right? That said, I think it is an indicator, right, yeah. uh, that these organizations are really thinking about the strategic advantage yeah. of leveraging technology again to power and power that digital yeah, transformation. I, it speaks to a mindset of we are trying different things, we're finding ways, and uh, and in many cases getting benefit from it as well. Do you, this also seems to reflect that we've had a big shift in people's perception of cloud. That the past couple of yes. years have been good for this is no longer something we're sort of standing at the sidelines and staring at. More people have engaged with it. Totally. And um, you know, I think you 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 just well, we can see it mm -hmm. in some sense. I mean, I just I just think about early in the pandemic uh, days, you know, the the retail industry um and having to pivot almost overnight to, be online. to yeah. enable online or curbside pickup or these new scenarios yeah. and you see right the role that the cloud has played in their ability to make that rapid transformation you also saw companies that hadn't done things well i'm thinking about a particular retailer name name will be left out where their online operations and their on-prem operations were not connected in any way and as their online stores sold out of goods they really had no mechanism to get the stuff that was stuck in stores into yes. the channel like they had not done that omni-channel work and you know you and i've done enough work over the years you know exactly how this happened right that there was a young vp who set up the online division had nothing to do with the on-prem operations and everything was fine as long as everybody was operating and then one day on-prem couldn't operate and that inventory was needed like yeah. that it's it's fascinating that and that's why I think, right, you, you're, Richard, you're making the point in mm -hmm. many ways of thinking about hybrid and thinking about how do I take those cloud practices and bring them on premises? Yeah. And how do I have that, that consistency and that symmetry of how I'm operating, right, so that I can tap in and leverage um, the full kind of breadth of what is available to me from a business standpoint. Right. And also the other side of retail ultimately, which is how do I manage returns and repairs and so forth? Like that whole omni-channel conversation is, it's one of those things that it's easy for people on the front line to say, and it's super hard for the IT folks to actually do. 
Like there's a lot to making all of that work together. But uh, it certainly was one of the things I saw revealed in these past two years is like, how unified was your architecture? And, and, and if you're going to fix it, a lot of this cloud thinking seems to help a lot. I notice how high the numbers are around things like concern with scalability. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, w- I always wonder about how many folks, were, were you actually struggling for scale? Like, where was that at? Or was that just like, well, we always want to do more. Yeah, I think it's both, mm-hmm. right? We have seen both places where customers um, have a rapid acceleration, right? right? And, and so, you know, designing in such a way that you have that flexibility and you really can burst in in ways and meet the demand that you have. I think, again, particularly the last two years, right. um, you know, if, if we did this survey at a different time, that might not <laughs> have come as, as high. Um, but you want you want that insurance. You want the ability. I you know I, I I'm going to go back to my my small business server days. Yeah. Given uh, we started there, you know, it was interesting that the first thing that any small business server uh, potential customer would ask me is, well, we had, we were the server was limited to 25 users. What right. happens when I get my 26 user, right? <laughs> and so like we had to have uh, this at the time it was a set of floppy disks to like you know remove the limitations on the small business server. Right. This is probably the most expensive piece of software I've ever, you know, designed. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think we sold less than five of them. Right. right? But, but you had to have the you option you, you, to. Exactly. Yeah. And in many ways, the promise of the cloud is that scalability. Yeah. And so um, it is top of mind as people are thinking about it. Yeah, they don't. And it's a, it's one of those engineering disciplines of let, I need to know where the edges are. So give me some numbers exactly. of what the edges actually look like, whether I ever hit those edges or not. Uh, but it, and it, it is interesting about the, don't worry, you will be able to scale. It's We're going to, you know, I like when we have case studies like this, like, yeah, you're probably not going to get to be as big as Nokia. But if Nokia, that just tells you, if Nokia could make this work, this is going to work for your organization too. And and I'll also tell you, if, you know, we went back, you know, two years, five years, seven years in this cloud journey, um, you know, just even think about it, the number of servers mm-hmm. that we thought we would have deployed globally, right? Like we just have hit just such a, a different inflection point, I yeah. would say, um, in terms of just the scale and size. But I also feel like we're going through a right-sizing moment too. I mean, everyone's looking at their offices now as we debate the back to work. And I think, you know, as we're recording this, Microsoft just said, hey, we're starting to open offices back up again as well. It feels like that period in the early virtualization days when data centers shrunk because we started using hardware better. And it's like, hey, I literally can shut down this set of cages now because we're using the hardware more efficiently with VMs. You're not going to get rid of everything on-prem, but you're probably going to shrink that a bit. You're going to right-size it. Yeah, and and I think this is where you know I would encourage uh, your your listeners if they haven't listened to uh, the podcast. I know you did the end of the summer with, with Jeremy Winter, who mm-hmm. leads um, the Kubernetes and, and Azure Arc uh, offerings. Um, this is where I think those technologies become really important because at the end of the day, to me, it's about flexibility and choice. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Arc is a foundation of that, right? Right. By being able to take the control plane of Azure to extend it on premises so that you have a consistent way to manage, to govern, to operate, it gives you that flexibility. So so Richard, when you're in a place where you wanna move something, you can. 
Right. Right. Because, again, then if you combine that with Kubernetes as sort of the containerization platform and, and portability, you know, you get this powerful combination to be able to run things where you want them, scale up when you want them, scale down when you yeah. need to and right size things. Uh, and, without and having it, that cost and overhead. So it's, you know, the, you've got that monitoring layer that tells you this is something that needs to be scaled further, or maybe it's running in the wrong place because it's rough in one way or another, and we can, and then you choose to use the tools to actually move it. You know, they, yes. there's two aspects to scalability. Yes, it's good to be able to scale, but it also, how long does it take you to do that scaling? Mm-hmm. You know, often if you can tell me, hey, Black Monday's coming, I can plan for a big scaling event. As opposed to what happened in the pandemic, where it's like, suddenly we have tripled the number of VPN users, or now all sales are going through that web front end. Can you scale it today? Because it's tipping over now. Yeah. But that is why, you know, that's why I think you saw that two years of transformation in two months. months yeah. Because, you know, organizations were looking at other organizations that had benefit and mm-hmm. were already on the cloud and had put in, right, that investment and had the insurance um, to, to sort of use it when they needed it. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was a huge benefit. It also speaks to this idea that ARC's an in, ARC is not what I think about as a starting point for getting into this, to dealing with this problem space. But it's now that you've said it to me, I'm like, it's apparent. That makes a lot of sense that I need to add a layer of governance to figure out where we're having pinch points and where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and may, even just doing the inventory, right? Remember the mm-hmm. old map tools, just trying to hunt down all your SharePoint SQL servers in the, in the organization. Like those were, they, those were insightful tools, but this is another layer again. What clouds do we have? Where are our workloads? What data centers are we using? You know, how do these look as a whole? And then what's healthy? What isn't? Where are we struggling? What do we need more of? What can we use less of? And start to balance all of that, you know, with with a decent level of oversight. And, you know, I think that it makes, you know, these transitions more approachable. Mm -hmm. And I also think that um, it, from from an IT point of view, um, you know, I I think we often think of on-premises as the cloud is radically different I don't see them that way, right? It is there is a, still a set of skills and an approach and a mindset when you come to security governance that applies across both. Mm-hmm. And so I think this also helps, right, to reinforce what the role is. Yeah. Um, and as we go through that 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 transition, right? I think we've we've in the last number of years spent a lot of time, you know, thinking about the role of the developer in a lot of these things. Yeah. But the operations piece is equally important. Um, and well, and and I in some ways I feel like IT got noticed more by management in the past two years than possibly the previous twenty. And, you know, very early on in this, I did a show where I said, "Listen, you're going to be asked to sit with leadership a lot right now. Be prepared." Know how the company makes money. You know, figure out what their things are really important. One of the, the other the other side of this pandemic is we had had with the notable exceptions of like 2000, 2009, that the recession period, this really long stretch of constant growth. And here we are back in a way more sensitive to return on investment. You know, is this going to save money for the organization, make money for the organization? All of those things became more important. And it's good for us as IT folk who never directly make the money for the company, but facilitate all that to know those numbers and to be, you know, responsible in that space. And and that's, you know, I think 
in many ways, going back to some of the survey results, mm-hmm. you know, you're seeing, right? This, uh, I, I think, never before has the role that technology plays in accelerating those business results been more clear. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've definitely had a reminder for everybody that all of these businesses are running on technology. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, almost every business is becoming in some ways a technology business. Yes. Well, I was Andreessen saying software will eat the world, right? Uh, and it, I don't know how articulate that necessarily was, but certainly we've had an experience of uh, IT has a seat at the table in most of these business decisions in one way or the other. Just got to be able to take that seat. And I feel like ARC's one of those tools you want in your pocket to have those kinds of conversations. Let me give yes. you an overview of how your business looks from a technology infrastructure point of view. And here's where you want to do this new things. Here's where it will fit into our infrastructure. Here's where we're going to need more. Exactly. I like being able to have those conversations as well. I think it's very compelling and I think it helps a lot of folks. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Aaron. I'm, I'm almost ashamed you haven't been on before because you work on such cool stuff. Well, I hope that you will have me back. I bet. And you do you do a few of your own shows now, too? Yeah, we're doing the uh, Inside Azure for IT series, I which is it. exciting. Well, I'll provide a link to that for folks. And we've been we've done we've had uh, three episodes so far. We've talked about everything from specialized workloads to the last one was on Linux and open source, which is one of my favorite topics. Awesome. So some exciting, uh, exciting shows and great guests. Well, I really appreciate that. And thanks so much for coming on Run Us Radio. Thanks, Richard. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.